much for joining us. I'm Amy, the founder of Pump Spotting. For those of you who are new, Pump Spotting is here to nourish you as you feed both your family and career. We are a team of mothers and people dedicated to connecting you, to cheering you on, and to make sure you are cared for during this very transformational time of life. Today, we're exploring birth in the age of COVID. Lisa Betcher, who is a dear and deep part of the pump spotting team. In fact, she holds the records for the most times pumped on the Breast Express bus. And she's probably also given out the most hugs and high fives. She sat down and spoke with two midwives about the impacts this pandemic has had. I'll let Lisa take it over. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to welcome Blair onto our Pump Spotting podcast today. Blair, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role in birth in this world? Yes, my name is Blair Carroll. I am a certified nurse midwife and I work in Knoxville, Tennessee. I've been a midwife for seven years. I work in a practice uh, with three other midwives and two OBGYNs, and we attend birth in the hospital. So all of our mamas give birth in the hospital, not at home or a birth center. Uh, And I do full scope midwifery, meaning I take care of women kind of before, during, and after pregnancy and birth. I do quite a bit of GYN care as well. And personally, you are preparing for your own birth right now. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, it is. I'm pregnant with my first child due in July. So I just hit third trimester. Oh, that's so exciting. Congratulations. I know we just talked about this on the conversation pre-recording, but I'm expecting my fourth. Blair's expecting her first. We're both kind of going into this phase of preparing to bring a baby into this world with some uncertainties. And so Blair, first, I want you to speak to What does that look like right now when you are birthing with mothers in hospitals? I know from what I understand, there are so many limitations to the people who can attend birth, to the PPEs that are necessary. What does that look like and how has that changed from even a few months ago, given the current COVID circumstances? Yes. So I would say the biggest change is the number of visitors allowed to be with women during labor and the postpartum stay. Uh, previously, our hospital didn't have a, a limit to visitors. So women could have as many people as they wanted. And it was very common, especially in our practice, for a woman to have their partner, a doula, maybe a birth photographer, maybe another family member, um, all of those kind of members of their team playing a really important role in supporting them through their labor and birth. Uh, And now because of COVID-19 and wanting to limit spread of the virus, we have limited it to just one support person for the birthing woman. Uh, So that's put women in a really tough position, having to decide between most women are choosing to have their partner there, their husband or the boyfriend. Uh, But I actually, I had a birth um, last week where uh, this couple was pregnant with their second child. Their uh, first child is severely immunocompromised and they didn't have great childcare options. And so the husband chose to stay home with child number one and the woman came in to give birth with a doula with the dad on FaceTime for most most of the birth so it's definitely putting women in a really tough 
position, you know, having to kind of make those decisions around what is the one support person that they'll bring in to be with them during labor. So I'd say that's, that's the biggest change. Uh, you know, we as healthcare providers are um, uh, wearing more masks, uh, protective equipment with women while they're in labor and during birth, which just changes the, um, I think, interaction with women during labor. It kind of creates almost this physical barrier, uh, which has been hard, I think, for all of us to adjust to. And yet it's something we need to do to keep ourselves safe and healthy and also keep our patients healthy. Uh, and then the other big piece of kind of source of anxiety and uncertainty is what happens if there's a mom who is positive for COVID-19 and gives birth, and then do we need to separate mom and baby? Uh, the current recommendation is that it's recommended if the mom is positive to separate mom and baby. There is some language from some of the guidelines that women can decline that as long as they know what the risks are and wear a mask and wash their hands before breastfeeding baby, that kind of thing. Uh, but I have a lot of women who, that's a, that's a question I get often is, am I going to be separated from my baby at, at any point? You know, this is just striking my heart in such a deep way. I feel even tears coming on right now because I think about what the world is going to be like when I give birth, mm -hmm. gosh, I'm so sorry. And these women who are going through this right now are so brave and yes. so strong to make mm -hmm. these decisions. What's best for the child that they're going to birth? What's best for their child at home? And then mm -hmm. have that fear of what if, or how could I be separated from my brand new baby? What are you doing as their provider to offer them some peace in the midst of all of that anxiety. Yeah. Uh, before any of this COVID-19 uh, virus was around, something I would always try to talk to women about is pregnancy, birth, and honestly, parenting. I think even though I'm not there myself yet, <laughs> I can imagine all of it. Uh, I, I think one thing to kind of learned through that whole process of labor, birth, parenting is just coming to terms with the things that you can't control and learning to go with the flow, stay in the moment and just do the best you can with kind of what you've been given. And so that's kind of been my biggest piece of advice to women is just to try to stay present, not worry about what are the restrictions or limitations going to look like a month from now or two months from now or next week, but just try to take things day by day and, and do the best they can with what they've been given and with the circumstances that we're in. It's, it's not easy, <laughs> um, but um, also just, just letting them know, you know, you're not alone in this. There are still fabulous labor and delivery nurses, midwives, physicians who are deeply care about the type of care you receive. And these restrictions that are in place are not meant to um, be harmful to you. We really are doing the best we can to try to keep everyone safe and healthy. And um, the restrictions are frustrating for us too. <laughs> uh, but we're, again, we're just doing the best we can to keep everybody healthy. I think that is all so reassuring. And as a parent of three little ones, um, I have a just turned six-year-old, a four and a half-year-old and a two and a half-year-old. 
I have to go with the flow all of the time. <laughs> um, so all of those words that you were speaking, I'm like, yes, I was just doing that this morning. I have this. Okay. All right. I need to apply that to my thought process of birth. And so tell me, how are you handling being pregnant right now? And, you know, even just seeing the joy within everything that we're experiencing. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting. I'm not, I'm not typically an anxious person or someone who worries easily. And yet as soon as I got my positive pregnancy test, I was just overcome with worry and anxiety about all the different things that can go wrong in pregnancy. Cause I've seen, I've seen the full spectrum of fully healthy pregnancies to all the different complications and things that can happen. So from a uh, from an early point in my own pregnancy, I had to really fight that mental battle of staying present and grateful for what I have day to day and not not worrying about the things that I can't control in the future. Uh, so that's been a practice that I've continued through uh, meditation and yoga. And honestly, for me, it's just been daily trying to focus on what what can I be grateful for? And there's still there's still so much to be grateful for day to day. Um, the, now that I'm in my third trimester, I'm hearing, feeling baby move and kick all the time. And I'm treasuring those moments to just slow down, take a deep breath and just be grateful that I have this healthy baby moving around inside. So that's, that's been very, very helpful. Gratitude is such a grounding emotion Mm -hmm. and experience and centering to bring back to yourself in so many ways. So I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Is there anything else, you know, for moms who are listening, who are preparing for birth during this time? And again, we're recording this um, on, let's see, Friday, April 17th. So when we're talking about these are the times, a lot of us just had the stay at home orders extended. Um, the world doesn't look like it's opening up quite yet to change. So for all of the moms who are going to be listening in this real time, what would you like to tell them about support or, you know, just what are your words of advice for them really? Um, you know, I think a big piece is what I, what I kind of just shared of just taking it day by day and, um, trying to stay focused on what you can be grateful for in the day to day. Um, there, there is a lot of unknown about what the next weeks and months are going to look like. Um, so I would just encourage women to give themselves some grace and space, um, to, um, really create space to kind of check in with how they're doing underneath the surface. I think we, as women, a lot of times can just continue the hustle bustle of staying focused on other people and how can we meet the needs of either our kids or the demands of work. Um, but I think now more than ever is a really important time to kind of carve out some space on a daily basis to check in what's going underneath the surface and, um, and pay attention to that. I um, am currently reading this book called Transformed by Birth. It's by Britta Bushnell. And it's about uh, kind of about birth as, as this rite of passage into parenthood and kind of speaks to some of the things I was, I was mentioning earlier about just the uncertainty of labor and birth and parenting. Um, and I want to read just this one little sentence. Um, she kind of mentions that 
a lot of times in the midst of uncertainty or um, uh, not knowing what to expect, we often look for ways to control things. And sometimes that's just not possible. (laughs) It's not possible to really control things. And so she says, what we need most are not methods for better control, but rather more resilience and adaptability for when events surprise, challenge, or disappoint us. Uh, So I know for myself, I'm looking for opportunities to grow in resilience and adaptability. I know there are going to be times in the coming months where I am either going to be challenged or surprised or disappointed by events being, you know, maybe the way my birth goes or maybe the way um, feeding my baby goes, whether that's breastfeeding or having to bottle feed. Uh, But my goal in all of it is to instead of letting that disappointment really pull me down to try to develop some resilience and adaptability. I am in awe of those words and I'm going to get that book. So thank you for (laughs) recommending moms. We will link that somewhere for you. Share that widely. And Claire, I just can't thank you enough. Your spirit here, your expertise, your knowledge, your approach has been so lovely. And I know that the pump spotting community is just going to embrace you. And we're just grateful. Like we talked about with gratitude, we're so grateful that you're able to share this in the midst of all of these uncertainties. And I know that it's going to bring peace to so many moms. So thank you over and over again for being here. And we can't wait to invite you back. Hopefully on the other side of this. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Hey friends, we want to take a quick break and remind you of all the places you can connect with us and this lovely pump spotting community. If you're a nursing, pumping, or new mom, or a seasoned mom who just wants to give back, hop on our app. If you're also working or you're part of a company that wants to support breastfeeding employees, then Pump Spotting at Work is for you. Find out more at pumpspotting.com. So I am here with Paige and she is a home birth midwife in Knoxville. And so Paige, thank you so much for joining us today. I'd love for you just to introduce yourself and tell the pump spotting audience a little more about who you are. Yeah, for sure. Um, my name is Paige and I am a certified professional midwife, um, that's licensed here in the state of Tennessee. So, um, I have been in practice now for a little over a year. So I am a newer midwife. Um, I am in solo practice, so I have some assistants that work with me, but, um, essentially I am the owner and sole midwife and, um, I really love what I get to do. I have a seven and a half year old, a five year old and a four month old at home. So, um, busy working nursing mom also. Uh, but yeah, there's, um, it's busy, but it's great. I love it. That's amazing. I have three little ones at home as well. So I can relate to that level of activity and demand every day on top of working. But tell me, what does that look like in the work that you do to have three little kids at home and really potentially be walking into circumstances where maybe you don't know what your risk is with the COVID situation going on right now? Yeah, I think that um, it's tricky. And I don't think there's necessarily any one right answer. You know, I think that we can 
um, we can and we are, and I am being as responsible as I can, you know, and we are practicing social distancing and making sure that we're doing all the recommended things, washing hands and whatever. But, you know, when, when someone in the house is essential, it's really hard for anybody in the house to be completely safe. You know, what is safe anymore anyways, right? Um, cause those recommendations change every day. So, um, it's something where we are just doing the best that we can and trying not to let any sort of fear overcome, you know, what, how we live our lives. We certainly don't want, um, any sort of fear, anxiety put onto our older children, um, who are aware of what's going on. So, yeah, I think we're just doing the best we can and being as cautious as we can, knowing I that. You can't really protect everybody from everything, you know? And I think that's amazing. I mean, we appreciate you as an essential worker deeply. And that's part of why we wanted to have you on is that this is so important to talk to mothers who are expecting or who have experienced birth, not only for the birthing part of this, but support postpartum when the world looks so different than it usually does when moms are delivering. So can you tell us a little bit about what does birth at home look like right now in the midst of our world circumstances? Yeah, um, I think truthfully, right right now when, with families that are delivering at home, it doesn't look much different than what we normally do. Um, we still are welcoming people into their space. You know, it's all really about the birthing families if they want a lot of physical support, if that's what's going to make them feel comfortable, then great. Um, I also have some couples, some families who were planning on having more people there who now are choosing not to because ultimately that makes them more comfortable. So um, with the exception of wearing a mask, which is like so not what we typically do and making sure that we are gloved at all times rather than just, you know, um, during, you know, actual birth work, you know, um, we're screening ourselves and making sure that myself and my assistants are all well, um, as well as we can be. And as long as everybody is not, nobody's symptomatic, nobody's running fevers, then, um, birth is looking very similar, um, just with masks. Yeah. That's kind of a beautiful thing to hear because a lot of experiences right now are so uncertain or so unfamiliar. And these mothers are kind of having something consistent within everything that's going on. So thank you for sharing that. Tell us more though about the demand for home birth. Are you seeing moms want this more? Are you getting calls about that? Yeah. So to explain, <laughs> I am expecting my fourth and okay. congratulations. it has crossed my mind. I, what? I, I'm just curious, what does the landscape of desiring a home birth look like, especially on your practice? Yeah, um, it has absolutely, it has been changing rapidly. Um, I personally really like to keep a low volume practice, not just for the sake of my family, because I do have a young family and I don't like working full, full, full time all the time. Um, and we have, I have the luxury of being able to decide how much I am willing to work or not. Um, but the last few weeks I have not gone 
more than 24 hours without an email or a call or a Facebook message of people not only who are just interested in homework, but are like serious about it. Um, I get a lot. It's not uncommon to get a lot of emails like, hey, I just am interested. What do you do? What does the, what is the cost? Just wanting information. But I've never had as many people following through and wanting to book you know, a slot on my calendar before we even meet face to face. They're like, please, I'm ready. Take it. I'll take it. Um, and so I've had to discuss with my family and my babysitters and things like that. You know, my husband works as well. Um, are you available? Are you being safe? Me, I'm having to create backup, backup, backup plans, um, for childcare and things like that, um, in order to, facilitate my working more. And ultimately we've decided that it's not something that I want to, I don't want to work at this capacity long-term, but I, there's a, a true need right now in the community. And um, so for the time being, I'm opening up my calendar and my numbers and taking on more clients um, to a responsible level. I'm not taking on too many because that's just not safe. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for doing that and expressing that there is such a need right now, because I think mothers are looking for safety and comfort in mm -hmm. this experience that they're going through, whether it's their first time baby or their fourth baby, like it will be for mine or beyond. So with all of these inquiries, you, you certainly can't take them all on. So how do you qualify? Who's even a good candidate for home birth? Yeah, that's a really great question. So um, home birth is only safe with low risk, healthy birthing people and their babies, right? So um, low risk, meaning there's no pre-existing medical conditions like diabetes or hypertension. You're not on any regular medicine that could be um, problematic down the road. So um, the biggest qualifier is being low risk, right? Um CPMs like myself specialize in normal. So I'm really good at being able to say, Hey, this is normal. This is normal. If something comes up that is outside of that normal scope, I'm ne not necessarily going to be the best person to diagnose or treat you. I'm just going to be able to say, Hey, this is out. This is not normal. And so we need to get it looked at further. So, um, and I have some wonderful collaborative care physicians that work alongside me, um, in those instances. So the biggest thing is being, um, is being low risk. If we're not low risk, we're not a good candidate and it's all about being safe. Right. Um, and then, uh, the other part of it com that comes into play is, are you, are you, why, what is your motivation behind having home birth? Is it just fear? right? Because if it's just fear of going to the hospital, and there's a lot of other, other other things that we need to overcome and to have conversations about. And if you're a very late to trans, like late to care transfer, I might, we might not have the time to really work through all those things because home birth midwives, especially, I mean, speaking for myself, I invest a lot of time and emotional, um, capacity with my clients in, um, creating a lot of trust and being able to talk through those things. So figuring out like, why are we having a home birth? Um, are we a good medical, you know, medically, are we a good candidate? Um, and are you willing to put in the work? Because having a home birth, like there's a lot of personal responsibility that comes into that too. Um, so if we have a yes, yes, and yes, then generally um, I don't say, don't say no. If we can 
meet all three of those things. And are you seeing a lot of late transfers within your inquiries? Absolutely. Yeah. Not only has my, um, has my, have my inquiries gone up for later in the year, but, um, I started uh, as of last week, I had two people on the calendar for June, which is what I really like. I really love two clients a month. Um, and I, I took on my fourth one yesterday and said, I'm, I'm done for June. I try not to do more than four in a month. So yeah, they're and those, those people are 32 to 33, 34 weeks pregnant. So they're definitely later to the game. Yeah. That's a lot to take on for your family. As you were talking about with coordinating childcare and backups upon backups upon backups. Now, because we're pump spotting, I just want to ask a mom to mom logistic question. Mm -hmm. Do you pump during birth if they last a long time? Thousand percent. Yeah. I started, I started my midwifery training when my second daughter was five months. And so I, and I nursed her until she turned three. So for a year and a half, I would be you know, any birth. Yeah. The, I have, a, I keep two pumps in my birth bag, one for the birthing mom in case we need it. Um, Cause a pump can be a wonderful tool in labor. Um, and then one for myself. Yeah. I love it. So you're carrying your birth tool bag, your pump bag, maybe your cooler with ice and all of the things to do yeah. your mom duties as well. Oh, for that, sure. They don't stop. That's incredible. Okay. Also, I just want to rewind. Tell me what you're hearing from moms with your inquiries right now. Is it a lot of fear or are a lot of people coming to you fully understanding what the relationship with you will look like and what a home birth entails? Um, honestly, more people are coming out of a place of, of anxiety and, and maybe not, maybe fear is not the word for most people. Um, but I think more than anything, what is interesting is that a lot of these families are hearing from their providers now, especially if they're seeing, um, you know, like a nurse midwife who, who works in the hospital or um, a low risk doc. Um, they're hearing home birth can be safe. Home birth can be a, a good option and a good option for you. Right. Um, whereas previously they may, you know, they're, Doctors and midwives, uh, other midwives not necessarily wouldn't come to a client and say, or a patient in their case and say, you might be a good candidate for a home birth, right? And, and doctors and nurses around the country are starting to, um, to really advocate for that, which is something that we've never seen. Um, certainly some midwives are very pro home birth. Absolutely. Um, but we've never really seen a lot of doctors telling the community at large home birth could be a really great option for you. And so I think as people's people are hearing more about that and their eyes are being opened, um, they are coming from that place of more of, of curiosity, um, be spurred by some anxiety, if that makes sense. Tell me in the midst of all of this, how are you feeling and how are you coping? You're obviously taking on so much as an essential worker and someone who puts their heart behind working with these patients. How are you doing? 
Yeah, no. Um, thank you for asking. <laughs> um, honestly, I think I think I'm doing all right. I um am a big believer in like making sure that your mental health is in check, uh, pretty much at all times. And so I'm still going to therapy regularly, um, just telehealth, because I think that's so important, especially, um, being a new mom again, you know, a new mom again. And, um, so I, I think that, I think that I'm doing all right. I, um, literally got off a televisit with my therapist before this. And she's like, I think you're doing all right. And I was like, thank you. I think I'm hanging in there. No, um, we are very privileged in the fact that my husband has been able to take time off of work. Um, so he's been home for a couple of weeks now um, and will be off until for another couple of weeks. And so that has been key and essential in helping us transition into this like bit of crazy time. Um, and we just have a, we have a really beautiful community that we've built with people, um, from church, friends from the gym. Um, my, we moved to Knoxville so that I could be closer. So we could be closer to my family. Um, so my mom, you know, is available and is it ideal to have a bunch of people in and out of your house caring for your children right now? Probably not, but it's, it is what it is. You know, it's what we have to do. And so, um, I think we are just, I think we're doing the best we can and I think we're doing all right. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And just the insights into your family life are so applicable to what others are experiencing, whether it directly correlates to what their current circumstances are or not. We're all going through this in different ways and just recognizing the truths of what we're experiencing honors that in a space where we can support our mental health and our well-being through understanding what everyone is going through. So with that said, we love to be supportive of our community and we'd love to know what kind of peace can you offer moms from your perspective, whether personal or professional, just kind of to tie up this conversation with you. What do you want to leave our moms with? Oh, um, I think moms, myself included, right? Even as a provider, like I just had baby, you know? Um, so being on both ends of the spectrum, so fresh, like I think the biggest thing is just knowing that birth happens, right? It is not something that in most cases has to be chronically managed, right? You're allowed to, to say no to that elective induction because it's convenient to your doctor because you don't want to, right? And because your body will do it on its own. And it's it it can be something that so many people stress about about their birth. How's it gonna happen? Am I gonna need this medicine? Is am I gonna end up with a cesarean? All of these things, right? But generally birth just happens on its own. And it is natural, it is what your body was trained and made to do. And so if you can just kind of let some of the stress around the logistics go and just trust your body, um, I can imagine that it would be a little bit of a relief if more people just went into it knowing I'm going to, I'm going to do this no matter how this baby comes out, my baby's going to come out and we're going to be okay. Um, 
and that it doesn't last forever. And they're in a really specific, crazy season um, and a really weird time in the world right now to be giving birth and to accept that and uh, or to recognize that rather and um, to give themselves a lot of grace. And it's okay to have a ton of feelings around it, um, whatever those feelings are, because they're valid. Yeah. I know so many moms are going to just take that and keep that in their heart. So thank you. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for reminding us of that. And thank you for being here. We really appreciate, like we said, what you're doing for the moms of Knoxville and to be advocating for moms everywhere. So we appreciate the time that you spent with us today, Paige, and hopefully we get to talk to you on the other side of all of this. But in the meantime, keep pumping and keep birthing all those babies. You got it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been the Pump Spotting Podcast. We'll be continuing the conversation and hanging out over on our app. We hope you'll come by to share your story and thoughts. And if you haven't already downloaded Pump Spotting, it's quick and easy to set up your profile and join the community. Thank you so much for listening, and thanks to our wonderful production team at Pitchwire, who partner with us to bring you these stories. We'll see you next time, and remember, you are capable, you are radiant, and you are not alone.